Today on Broadway for Thursday, February 21st, 2019. I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. I, I can officially say now for the first time in like two weeks, I actually uh, believe you that you are James Marino because it is the first time that I've really recognized your voice 100% <laughs> in two weeks. Uh, you know, uh, ironic because... Um... Don't you think Broadway stars is, uh, is down for the first time in 19 years or so. What? Yeah. We, we ran into some sort of major server crash, uh, overnight last night. Uh, and we're working on it, but we're all like, what the hell? (laughs) We're like rebuilding it from scratch because we can't figure out. We broke, we broke Broadway stars. Sorry about that. There are smart people trying to fix it. Please stop by later to see how we are doing. Thanks. Feedback at broadwaystars.com. Wow. Yeah. First time, That's like frank- n- 19 years we're down, you know, for an extended period of wow. time. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, after we uh, finish this up, I'm back to my day job to f- figure out what happened to Broadway Stars. <laughs> I don't really think that's your day job. That's kind of well, like your... sort of, yeah. Yeah. One of them. <clears throat> Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I had to run out and get some soup. That's why I'm a little bit late. So, uh, <laughs> first up in the news, uh, Network extends its Broadway run. Yeah. Yesterday, producers confirmed that the current Broadway premiere of Network will extend through June 8th with a new block of tickets already on sale. The show was originally scheduled just for an 18-week run through mid-March. Then it was originally extended through April 28th. Now, James, because of the tour de force nature of Brian Cranston's performance, I would imagine that the decision to extend again um, hinged completely on whether or not he was up for another six weeks. As we've talked about multiple times before on our grosses episodes, they only do seven performances and have both Mondays and Tuesdays off to allow him for that extra time to recuperate from his performance. So I would imagine that they were just waiting on the thumbs up from Mr. Cranston to uh, announce this extension. This is, as far as I've been told from sources, the entire length that they were contracted for in terms of how long they could go. So I don't know that we'll see anything uh, beyond this, but this does lead them up right until uh, the Tony Awards. So that is interesting. But James, this made me think it complicates a theory that I previously had. uh, And you you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the all-female Glengarry Glenn Ross that was supposed to be directed by Amy Morton. We had originally heard all the way back in August that this was going to come to Broadway at a theater to be named later sometime in May. Since then, we haven't heard a whole lot about it. Um, In fact, I don't know that we've heard anything about it. So I I have to wonder whether or not that is actually still going to happen. But my assumption all along had been that it could go in to the Belasco following the network, uh, following the departure of network. But now that they're going to June, certainly Glengarry Glen Ross is not going to go into that house in May. And I'm starting to wonder, because we are getting so late, whether or not this show will will happen in may if ever at all 
So Mr. Cranston is, uh, and the producers are stringing us along. We keep on believing them. That we, every time they say 18 weeks, we can't possibly go beyond 18 weeks. Okay, 22 weeks. We can't possibly do – okay, 26 weeks. That's that's it. That's the yeah. last possible thing that we – so they're doing that. And there's probably no truth to the rumor that Amy Morton is over at the Palace Theater lowering the jacks trying to reopen the palace. So <laughs> Probably not. But um... – you know, I, I think that with everything that's going on with David Mamet over in the UK and the mm. Harvey Weinstein show, I just wonder if there was some sort of, I don't know, hold up with just kind of his public perception and how he could have a show in London very much. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, we've talked about this before. It, it makes me a little uncomfortable to presume what his show is going to be. But I think we kind of know, um, you know, kind of in development at the same time that an all female version of one of his other shows is running. So I wonder if there's some hold up there. And that's why this uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross is not actually uh, coming to fruition at the timetable that we originally assumed it would. Well, it also could be that, you know, there are uh, circumstances beyond anybody's control. If they just can't find a theater, they just can't find a theater. Yeah. And speaking of not finding a theater, I mean, there's another show that is coming to Broadway in May that we do not have a theater for. And that's Frankie June and the oh, yeah. uh, Crepe Suzette or whatever um, it, it is. <laughs> the Audra show. Yeah, the Audra and Michael Shannon show. Um, that one we think has a theater. It makes complete sense that they have a theater, but they have not announced it. And if they haven't announced it. That means they haven't started selling tickets yet. So I would imagine at some point it's it's going into the Broadhurst. So they have to announce it at some point soon, right? Mm, well, you know, uh, small show, small cast, uh, headliners. I don't think they're going to have a problem with the initial ticket ticket sales. So, uh, you know, it, certainly they would love to, you know some of that cash flowing because when the money rolling keeps rolling in what's a girl to do <laughs> very very well all right so shall we move on to the next thing oh we should have done the show backwards <laughs> yeah we could have we could have we could have ended with recommendation we could have started with recommendations ended it up with uh next up in the news critics weigh in on fiascos merrily we roll along yeah, James, the new uh, Roundabout Theater Company fiasco theater production of Stephen Sondheim and George First, Merrily We Roll Along, officially opened uh, earlier this week, and the reviews are in. And uh, just for a little bit of background, this show has been streamlined down to about an hour and 45 minutes. And the show stars uh, Jesse Austrian as Mary, Manu Narayan as Charlie Kringus, Ben Steinfeld as Franklin Shepard, Brittany Bradford as Beth, Meg, and KT, Emily Young as Gussie and Mrs. Spencer, and Paul L. Coffey as Joe, Glenn Wilson, and Mr. Spencer. The show is directed by Fiasco's uh, Noah Brody. And James, this is super interesting to me because the reviews of this really run the gambit. They are all over the place from some thing from some reviews that thought it was terrible to some reviews that thought it was great. And what I think is so interesting about that is that that's pretty much the exact experience that I've had in talking to people who have seen the show. So I think it's interesting that the critical community seems to be echoing what the theater going word of mouth is as well. As always, let's start with the New York Times. Jesse Green turned this one in and sh shockingly 
it's not a critic's pick because everything else has pretty much been a critic's pick this year. Um, Jesse Green said, quote, the current production, a six actor, eight musician, one set reduction by Fiasco Theater seems not so much stripped down as emaciated. All of the contrasts of idealism and greed, gloss and substance so central to the story's effectiveness are flattened under the pressure of forcing it to stand without enough legs. Here, something has flipped. The songs, with all their polish removed, no longer reflect the coherent Broadway world. That's lowercase w, not my day job. The Broadway world of the story, but instead try to excavate its various interior workings. Often radically reconceived, harshly truncated, or left to dribble away, they no longer ennoble the characters or provide much pleasure for the audience. That is... If I have been hearing that they might try to bring this production to Broadway, that is not the type of review that you would like to get from the paper of record if you are hoping to make a transfer to a Broadway house. For what it's worth, and I've said this before, um, I saw the very first preview. So that was a month and a half ago. So take it for what it's worth. I don't necessarily agree with the severity of Jesse Green's comments, but I do agree with a lot of them in principle. I thought that the reduction stripped away a lot of the nuance to this show. And, and it left me while appreciating the structure, not appreciating the emotion that's found there. So I did. Um, I do agree with him quite a bit. Um, let's move on to Elizabeth Vincitelli, who was writing for the uh, Hollywood Reporter. She said, quote, the best that can be said about Noah Brody's production is that it's very efficient, ouch, running a tight 105 minutes. A few bits of prime fiasco resourcefulness also pop up here and there. Austrian's Mary, for instance, starts off as a frumpy, overweight matron who sheds weight, i.e. layers of clothing, as she gets younger and younger. The actors pull out accessories and costumes from racks on the side of the stage. Derek McLean's opulent set suggests a mix of dressing room and storage room with a marquee for the Alvin theater home of the original merrily looming down unfortunately the performances are not always up to snuff steinfeld and narayan are adequate at best more problematic is austrian who somehow manages to make her character seem disposable mary now tags along never feeling central to the action we never get a sense for instance that she has long harbored one-way feelings for frank if that's a deliberate decision to de-emphasize this aspect of the plot it's one that saps the show of much of its tension. I uh, agree with Elizabeth Mezzatelli as well. I thought um, Austrian's Mary was probably the most charismatic character of the whole thing, but I don't necessarily blame her for de-emphasizing the character and making her disposable. I attribute that to the edits in the book, taking away a lot of the teeth from that character. Now, real quick, those were longer ones, but I do want to get to a few that actually liked it, um, including Sarah Holdren for Vulture, who said, quote, the cumulative effect is pretty good. Despite an abundance of appealing parts, this merely doesn't quite come together into a real gut punch of a whole. There's much that's nice, some that's very funny, and a bit that's beautiful. Yet the show's emotional power feels blunted and its aesthetic suspended somewhere between minimalist and maximalist. There's no shortage of spirit on offer, but visceral oomph is elusive. And finally, we're going to close out with Matt Winman from AM New York, who gave the show three and a half out of four stars. He said, quote, it may not be the definitive Merrily, assuming there can ever be one. And anyone familiar with the show will probably miss its dynamic original orchestrations and smashing overture. Many scenes are vocally underpowered and underpopulated. But on the whole, the production is theatrically effective smart and emotionally wrenching now james you see this show on thursday night 
Um, so I'm sure you will discuss that on uh, this week on Broadway. But it really is interesting to me when all of the critics, all four of these critics, and I picked these four because these are some of my favorites, um, it, it, you know, it, save anyone from the New York Times. I, I, it's hard for me to classify them as a favorite, but Elizabeth, Sarah and Matt. Um, and they're just so different. So I, I, it really kind of fascinate, fascinates me, especially on a show like this that is notorious for having issues but also having people that absolutely love it. Not a day goes by. <laughs> so, yeah. That's kind uh, of, is that, is that an Italian slur? <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, Peter and Michael were anxious to talk about it um, last week on This Week on Broadway, but it hadn't officially opened yet, so we pushed it back a week and so on sunday I'm, I'm looking forward i think that that'll be the the anchor discussion of this week on broadway this sunday so uh take a listen to it if you're interested in hearing matt uh excuse me hearing michael and peter's opinions all right what do we have in the recommendation section Okay, I have three different videos. Let's start out with a very short performance and then interviews with the cast of Oklahoma. Damon Duano as Curly sings a little bit of Oh, What a Beautiful Morning. And then uh, my Broadway World colleague Richard Ridge, Richie Ridge for Friends and Family, uh, talks with members of the cast. If you are still unfamiliar with what this sexy Oklahoma is all about, they talk about what makes this so different. So check that out. Then there was an, an interview from um, Good Morning America on ABC, where um, the ABC anchor Will Gans sits down with Ryan Redman on the eve of her taking over as Olaf in Frozen on Broadway. He also um, communicates and gives her a video from Josh Gad. It's really funny. He had a, a really funny take on the fact that Ryan Redman, uh, a woman, was playing uh, Olaf. So uh, check that out. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about, James, was yesterday the Roger Hammerstein organization released their second video in the R&H Goes Pop series, uh, as the first one did, which was Jeremy Jordan singing from Oklahoma. This one, again, features Jeremy Jordan, but this time he's re-teaming with his Bonnie and Clyde co-star Laura Osnes, of course, Rodson Hammerstein's Cinderella on Broadway. And they did a mashup of one of the songs from Cinderella uh, 10 minutes ago and a song from the last five years, which Jeremy Jordan starred in the movie version of The Next, uh, the next 10 Minutes, that those two songs put together created the next 10 minutes ago it's a it's a really haunting um performance it's really uh, it's really lovely but what i wanted to talk about james is between this and the oh what a beautiful morning that jeremy jordan did originally there are a lot of people online who for some reason are getting irrationally angry about these things and talking about um uh, oscar rolling over in his grave because they're you know decimating his melodies or, or i'm sorry uh rich uh, uh, richard rogers rolling over in his grave because they're decimating the the melodies it's just like this is rogers the, the rogers and hammerstein organization doing these videos 60 70 years in some cases after the songs were originally written get over it have a good time enjoy things it's okay yeah. change is good uh, similarly to the discussions that we've had about uh, non-traditional casting and things like that, oh, they, they're done a million different ways. Uh, why not try something new? You know, it does it really harm you? <laughs> so. Change, change for a lack of a better word is good. Exactly. So, uh, big news in the show and casting news. 
Yeah, it's been a very good week for one Mr. Joe Iconis. As we discussed yesterday, his first Broadway show, Be More Chill, broke the seven-performance box office record at the Lyceum Theater. And then on Wednesday, it was announced that another one of his shows would be heading to New York this summer, this time at the Greenwich House Theater off-Broadway. Broadway Bounty Hunter will begin performances on July 9th and will run through September 15th. Now, James, we actually discussed this, I believe, when it when it played in Boston at one yeah. point, um, because as it did in previous incarnations, this off-Broadway production will star Annie Golden as Annie Golden, a down and out uh, or down on her luck actress of a certain age who is asked to become a bounty hunter and capture a South American drug lord because... Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, directed and choreographed by Jennifer Warner, the show has a score by Iconis, who co-wrote the book with Lance Rubin and Be More Chill co-star and Iconis family member Jason Sweet Tooth Williams. Um, the rest of the 12-person cast will be announced. And, you know, I, I think I think it's been interesting to hear the conversations around Joe Iconis because of Be More Chill, which is, despite its kind of unique trajectory, is very much a show that is what you would expect to see on Broadway. It is of the little shop of the Dervin Hansen show variety. But if you break down Joe Iconis's work, that's that's one of the more conventional shows that he's done with a show like Broadway Bounty Hunter with um, I can't think of the name of the top of my head. He did like a spaghetti Western musical that was really popular yeah. uh, in New yeah, York yeah. And, And it's just he does things that are different. And I think that's why people so much think that his future um, writing musicals is so bright because he breaks molds. Be more chill. While it does break a a certain set of molds, it is not like the groundbreaking things that Joe Iconis has done. So it'll be interesting to see what the reaction is to this show once it's in New York as a wider audience starts to get familiar with Iconis's work. Also yesterday, we learned that Mark Evans and Harada and Nikki M. James, along with Haley Podshoon and more, will lead the company of Encore's production of Rogers and Hearts, I Married an Angel, running from March 20th through the 24th at New York City Center. And finally, yesterday, the Paper Mill Playhouse in Milburn, New Jersey, announced the cast for the upcoming East Coast premiere of the new musical adaptation of the film, Benny and June. Following the world premiere at California's Old Globe Theater, the show's stars Bryce Pinkham and Hannah Ellis will return as brother and sister Sam and June, while Clyborne Elder will take over the role of Benny from Andrew Szymanski. Also returning will be Colin Hanlon, Natalie Toro and Paolo Montalban. Connor Ryan will play Sam at certain performances. If you would like more information on this or any of today's stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com if it's still up and surviving, uh, unlike Broadway stars. <laughs> wow, that's harsh. Sorry. Okay. So, uh, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Video. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMAT. And my name is James Marito from... BroadwayStars.com and BroadwayRadio.com. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Thanks for uh, spending some of your Thursday with us. And uh, Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.